We're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio. Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football. Hello, Michael. Hello, Ken Brown. Um, have you been down the Lodge Freeway lately? Have I been down the Lodge Freeway lately? Yeah. I have not. Uh, because uh, if you get around like Wyoming and the Lodge, there's a speed bump. And you got to be careful when you go across it because when you hit that speed bump, you go too fast, you veer off the road. It's been a lot of accidents over there. You know what I'm saying? Really? It's just like what the Lions had yesterday. They hit a speed bump and oh, veered okay. off the road. And um, for those that didn't see this coming, I kind of saw this coming for a couple of weeks now. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. But it happened yesterday, and it was a full-fledged off-the-road incident. The Lions got you- dog-walked yesterday by the Baltimore Ravens, who have a good team. Now, I'm not going to sit there and say they don't, but it was a, a, no, a non-compete, as we say in the, in the, in the radio business. A non-compete that means if you have a job somewhere else, you can't compete with the, to the place where you used to work. It just means you were not like competitive, that. and and for where the Lions are now in their program, these performances should be one and done for for a year. If you get one of these a year, that's one too many. I, I just I just don't know how you are non-competitive in a game like that. I would agree with you on that. I thought that uh, you know, with so much on the line, and I don't know, maybe it's they have such a cushion already in the NFC North. I don't believe that, but it's something maybe just to think about that they didn't take the game quite as seriously as they might have otherwise, but that's no excuse. They didn't play good ball at all. And I don't know where they play outside of, you know, maybe uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, you know, some individuals who had you know, piled up some stats, but it really, and the punter, of course, Jack Fox, but it, it, it just was a bad performance all yeah. the way around. We'll get to the individual performance in a little while. And there was only one good performance on that old team. And it wasn't St. Brown who dropped a, a few balls yesterday who he normally doesn't drop. But I just want to get to this point that you're 5-1. and one, You know, the the power rankings, some of them are putting you as the number one team. Everybody's patting you on the back. Oh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Blah, 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 blah. For a young team to be able to handle that, I just don't – I just had a feeling all week, and I think even I predicted that the Lions would – I think they I had Baltimore winning, but they would cover. I think that's where I had our last talk from Friday. I said they would lose 23-21, but that was a cover. But it, it just wasn't even – it just wasn't even – it just wasn't good. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to blame the defense as the total problem in that game, you're wrong. You are wrong. You don't know what you're watching. Because the Lions went three and out, what, the first three series? They went three and out. It went like this, Kenny. The the Ravens scored touchdowns on their first four possessions, but they had the first possession because they won the coin flip and and, and elected to to take the ball. They had a score, three and out, score, three and out, score, three and out, score. So before the Lions had the ball for the fourth time, they had already had three threes and out, and and down twenty one nothing, and we're down twenty uh, twenty eight nothing. Right, but well twenty one nothing. after twenty one three. But the problem with that is the Lions. But there's one more to come. It was you get, right after the fourth nothing. one, right? But you got to score sometime, or even hold the ball. Of course, you throwing the defense the back out there, and and I'm gonna tell you right now, that was a, a L.A. Ram. I tweeted it yesterday. That was a L.A. Ram Jared Goff performance. And I told you, and I'm telling you again, and I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, slow your roll on Jared Goff because he's got to show me 
that when the heat comes from these good teams that you're going to stand in there and do it. Now, he may be a little better than he was at the end of his Rams career, but this year so far, the line has given him so much time to throw. This was one of the games where the heat was on from the beginning, and he looked shook from the first series. And I'm just, it just, he just looked, he didn't even look good. The first ball fluttered, I was saying, even the announcers on the on TV said, well, well, that ball fluttered. I mean, it was just, the wind was blowing, he's getting hit, and it just, he just didn't look comfortable out there. I wouldn't disagree with that. I just want to add one thing, though. You picked the, the Lions to win in one of your picks, and you picked them to lose in another one. So you yeah, covered the Friday pick. Yeah, but the Friday pick Which I got. one? The well, one for our pick? purpose the podcast have, wait, pick no, no, I, the podcast no, pick no, no, was a no, loss no. all right if you go no, no. go review friday's podcast no. it was a loss so anyway no. look, don't, worry about, you know, you don't, don't worry about me don't worry don't worry about me my my pick is you. my pick is meaningless to the, the facts of this game but <laughs> <laughs> i just think that this is and now i'm gonna calm down because I, I was hot about this yesterday and i just felt bad because I, I want to see competitive ball because I knew what was coming once the game was over. And I watched TV today and listened to a lot last night, and the Lions are back to being a joke. And that's, that's, poor, that's bad because, like you said, they're 5-2. and two. They played three out of their last four games on the road. So they've, they've been on the road. That was their first road loss. It was a tough game. But this is what happens when the expectations get so high and you don't back down on them, you accept them. You cannot you cannot perform like that, and that's what this team's next step in their growth will be, to manage expectations. Well, I mean, I don't know exactly how you do that. I mean, you're at the mercy of the people who are are uh, you know making their expectations known. I don't think I don't think uh, uh, the Lions have gone out on any sort of limb and said this is what we're going to do. I think that's come with the first of all. Finishing last season, you know, with eight wins and two losses, and then picking it right up, you know, picking it right up from the get-go here this year, and they were five and one now, five and two. So, I don't think they're ones that are stoking the fire, except with their performance. But I don't think it's with any any things that they're saying about what they intend to do. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I understand. I just think that when you are like when you're, um, I can do it to like comedy or whatever. When you're a, a middle of the act person, you're not the headliner. You only expect it so much. When you're the opener. You're only expected so much. But when you're the headliner, things are expected out of you. And the Lions have gone to headlining status if you want to, you know, refer this to the NFL. And you cannot have performances like that if you want to stay in in, in the headline status. You well, can lose a game. Plan. You can lose it. But you can't have performances on, like that. I don't think they're planning on losing just to get the expectations down. I think they're gonna, and that, that, that doesn't make any sense. No. But just to, just to, just to uh, beef up what you said, though, you know, I, I watch that Get Up show on, on ESPN most mornings, and especially on Monday because I want to see what they have to say about the games. And all last week, you know, the talk was, are the Lions the best team in the NFL? Are the Lions the best team in the NFC? And I'm talking about from 8, 8, 8.01 a.m. until till 10 o'clock in the morning for two solid hours. The Lions they didn't exactly dominate all the conversation, but certainly got their share of it and more. They got five seconds this morning. Well, Baltimore got the time this morning. Yeah, Baltimore right. got the time Baltimore this morning. Got and they the should time, and, yeah. and deservedly so, they should have. Now, let's break down a few of these things from this game yesterday. I saw and we're gonna talk about it. it. To me, it displays exactly what the Lions are missing and what they need. And number two, 
it also explains where their kryptonite is on the defensive side of the ball. We'll talk about offense later because, to me, the, the offense was just not prepared. The offensive line did not play great. Um, they Again, another movement. You move Glasgow over to the left guard and you put Big V back in. You know, there's too much shifting going on in this offensive line when guys are hurt. The guy that's hurt comes out, you put the other guy on the other side. I, I just Glasgow was playing very good on the right on the on the right side. Leave him over there. You know, until Big V's ready, then move him out of the lineup. But just it just moved. It just it just against a Baltimore team that had the most sacks in the league, you really needed a steady offensive line and you didn't have it. And All once, these guys are Kenny, these are veteran players. I know, but you put them in different spots, and they're not used to playing in that spot. And then they were stunting and moving around, and you could see they were just a the Lions' offensive line was just a little off in the communication. It was like one play, Penny Sewell and um, Big V got stunned. Oh no, Ragnar and Big V got stunned, and it just didn't move right. And the guy gets through it. Jared Goff is uh, whizzing the ball down the ground, you know, so he don't get hit. He's he's uh, throwing it in the dirt and so he don't get hit. You know, guys two feet from him, he he's running and jumping and doing his little L.A. dance. And it, it just it, you got to keep Jared Goff in a clean pocket, otherwise he's damn near useless. Well, I wouldn't agree with that, but it, it certainly was. Look, I, no, I often I would not agree with that. I, I think he'll stand in there and throw the ball. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't want to talk about that. This is not the Jerry Goff show. I'm not, that's a whole other story. I just thought that this was the first game also that the physical Lions got out physical. Baltimore was a physical team on both sides of the ball, and they imposed their will yesterday. Uh, absolutely. And, but that's, you know, that's, that's been their history for, as far as I know, 25 years. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's a tough, tough team. Yeah. When they were, when they were, I mean, that's that that's been their modus operandi from right from the beginning. Yeah. Now I also said when we're speaking of Lamar Jackson, I said if he's going to get over fifty yards rushing, that you want to hold him to about one hundred seventy-five yards throwing. You held him to close to fifty yards rushing, but you threw let him throw for three seventy-five, which was a problem. I um, I thought that they were too worried about if this makes sense they were too worried about him and not just playing ball you know what i'm saying if i would have preferred if they just let him naturally you know play just zones and naturally if he gets some yards he gets some yards but don't let him throw you know get the all these long easy completions i just thought the completions he were making were easy once he was able to maneuver i just thought I mean, it was look, too easy i thought they were easy throws I haven't seen the stats yet, but the yards after catch were, had to be astronomical. Well, the one on the eighty yarder was a two yard throw and a seventy six yard catch, uh, you know, right? A, yeah. a seventy six yard run. Um, but he was throwing the open guys too. I mean, I, absolutely, it, it, it was just bad. I I don't know what you look at this film and throw it out, or you just go back with it. But I hate to, you know, I'm not jumping on the bad get rid of Aaron Glenn bandwagon again. But this this against good teams and quick, good quarterbacks, this defense sometimes leaves a lot to be desired. This, they haven't really played. They played Mahomes pretty good. But that was the only quarterback up until now that was any good. Geno Smith is an okay quarterback. He ain't nothing special. This was the second real good quarterback they played this year, and they, they failed this test. Well, in this day and age, Kenny, it's hard to tell who the good quarterbacks and who aren't because uh, because of the, the rules and what, what they can get away. Look at Chicago Bears won a game yesterday with a guy who's a, a rookie who played at a college I never heard of. 
No, you're right. And it wasn't good either, but they won. But they won. Right, but they won. But, again, that's the competition. When you play a team like Baltimore, though, you got to come – you got to come with the best, and um, they it just it was a lackluster effort. Now, defensively, Mike, they got to get another pass rusher. I don't know what he's got to do to find one, but you got to get somebody besides a- Aiden Hutchinson on the other side. You haven't had it most of the year. James Houston did it while last year when he came in after Thanksgiving, but you haven't really had a outside another pass rusher yet, and. Then, that's a problem. Now, the trade deadline is next Monday or Tuesday. You need to look around for a pass rusher. It's not on the oh, team. It doesn't look like it's on the team. Yeah, for, for all of the players they had and the, and the interchangeability of, of those guys, I, I really expected more. But they've had the one big game. They had two big games, five sacks and, and, and seven, seven sacks. sacks right. With getting 12 of their sacks in back-to-back games. And what have they got? Three others since then? Four yeah, others? Yeah. That's, but, you can't win in this, in, this national, in, in this era of the National Football League. You cannot win with averaging one quarterback sack a game. No. You just can't do no. it. And if you can't get it up by the defensive line, then you're going to you're gonna have to you know, manufacture it by blitzing and whatever. You're going to have to start taking chances. And I know no. Aaron Glenn doesn't want to take chances because the, the backfield is um, – you know, really compromised right now. Jerry Jacobs didn't play a state with an injury. Mosby was out who was going to be there. You know, really the other cornerback along with Sutton. Sutton didn't play a great game today. And I'm surprised I know that because he was so far out of the pitcher, giving eight to ten yards on every, uh, you know, wide receiver, which I don't know why he was playing so far back. Even the announcers said it. I don't get that. But, you know, maybe that's what made him comfortable. Safeties have been average so far this year. Kirby Joseph's been average. Uh, Walker's been average. Uh, Gardner Johnson's out, who I thought is that was their best safety. So it's a it's a it's a trial and tribulation thing going on there, man. And, and you're gonna have to make it work until you can, you know, get some of these guys back. Yeah, who knows when they're coming back? Now, I don't think Jerry Jacobs has a long term injury. I don't know that, but uh, I've had, I mean, who even knew that he was injured until he got the got the word on Saturday that he he had a knee injury on Friday in practice. But that, that you know what they miss him. And there's a guy who's got what he's got three um, three picks already this year, and played pretty pretty good solid ball for him. Yeah, and he just is he, he's good because it it um it gives too. you depth. You know, you got him there, and then you Will Harris is a backup depth guy, which is all he is. Because even he got benched yesterday, and after a while, Dorsey had to come in. And when you see Will Harris starting, it's problems. Problems are a brew. Trust me, because. He's he's just he's a, he's a good backup. He's a good you know player you can push and put in here and put in there for a few plays, whatever. But if you're dependent on him, man, you're gonna see what you, what you saw what happened. You saw what happened yesterday, and he he he's just not that player. It's just the way it is. Sorry. Well, I thought he played pretty pretty well the previous two games. In fact, I thought he I thought he was one of their better players. Yeah, well, see that how that works. Well, that's my opinion. I, 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 I can have my opinion. I see, okay see how that you? works. I see, see how it works. Maybe you thought it was, but I'm just saying, in a limited sample size, you can survive him. Well, if you got to depend on him, and look at this, he's not a rookie or a second year player. We've seen this act. I've seen this show. You know, I've closed this show on Broadway. I've seen it. So. Broadway? Yeah, it was on Broadway. Off Broadway. This one was off Broadway, around the corner from Broadway. Um, so, like I said, the defensive, they got to get more pass rush. Now, the worst part to me is, from this point on, 
they really don't play another tough team like Baltimore again. I mean, that's it for the season. I told you this was going to be the toughest test. I said that last week. Maybe well, the Cowboys people- at the end of the year, maybe. Depending on what the Cowboys are, you never know where they're going to be by the end of the year. But this might this might have been their toughest team, and it will be their toughest team. Even I don't think the, the Cowboys are as good as Baltimore. I think Baltimore is the toughest team on that schedule. And I don't know if you get these victories. Pardon me, I'll make sure I've got this right. They're not playing Baltimore again. Is that correct? That's, yeah. That's what well, I hope, well, I hope they play they're, one more time. Gonna, I hope they play one gonna, more time. I just want to make sure I'm not missing something. No, so they're not going to play Baltimore again. Is that what it is? I said I hope they play one more time. Okay. In the Super Bowl. Yeah, in the Super Bowl. I hope they do that, but it's not going to happen, but I hope they do. But my point being, you're not going to get a true sense of how good they can be defensively the rest of the year because you're not going to be challenged. The teams they're playing are just not good. You you can know if they're bad, but you won't know if you're good if you, you you play good against these teams. So your test was yesterday and you failed it. So I don't know when you're going to get another test. Maybe the Dallas game, which is the second before last game, maybe you'll get a test then. But by that time, probably both of your futures are already decided. So you might even get a test then. So whatever happens the rest of the year, you're still not going to be tested until the playoffs start. But I don't play what, – what difference does it make? Well, you, you, the, you want to know before you get you. to the playoffs, do, what do you need? Is this team good enough to play a playoff-level team or not? You're not going to get that test again. Until then. Yeah. And that's the problem. I want to see them tested again before the end of the year. And But like I said, they got the 31st easiest schedule. So are they going to be tested again? They'll be tested against average teams, but they're going to be tested against a real good team. And that's, to me, they'll learn more from yesterday than they will in the next four games playing defense against those teams. Yesterday taught them more what they need to know than you'll learn in the next four games. Because you know how to go against a real good defensive team. Matter of fact, two t- two weeks in a row, I thought Tampa Bay was a good defensive team, not as good as Baltimore. So you played good defensive teams the last two weeks. Are we going to include the bye week in this? <laughs> in what in which way? You whatever. Are we going to count? Are we going to count the bye week for anything? No, we're not counting about it. Okay, I just want to make no, sure. I'm not counting about it. Unless there's an opponent, unless you want to do the old joke that they used to have, the Lions lost the bye week. You know, if we if we really revert to these jokes now, we have we have hit rock bottom. I thought we already had, but let's move <laughs> along. All right, offensively, I'm leaving golf out because, like I said, you know how I feel about it. All I want to say is, this is another thing too. Last week. The Cardinals activated their quarterback for the 21-day window. You know what I'm saying? Okay. He hurt his ACL later than Hendon Hooker hurt his. Hendon Hooker hurt his in October. Kyler Murray hurt his in December, I believe. Why is he back before Hendon Hooker? Maybe he healed faster. Uh, It just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I just think they're holding okay. Hendon Hooker out on purpose because it's a roster spot and you don't have to give it up right now. I want to see that young man practicing. And I'm going to say this every week till they start his window. I want to see him practicing. I, I think I know what they're going to do, though. And what's that? With six games, he is six weeks because he was on the NFI list. He gets more than four to get ready. Like, you know, the other, if you're on the you know, right, go ahead. hurt list, they're going to wait till the last six games to operate the window so he – 
you don't have to use a roster spot for him until you actually activate him to a game. And they're going to do the last six games. They'll let him practice. That's my that's my philosophy. I think that's what they're going to do, which is a shame because I want to see him get in there and get practice time for the rest of the year with the team. So that's my Hendon Hooker update for this week. Well, it's uh... – <laughs> You're certainly out there on on your own on this one, but yeah. uh, we'll keep an eye on Hendon Hooker. Now, very important issue. Are you satisfied until Montgomery comes back about Gibbs as your running back, and do they need another back? Well, they're going to need another. Need one. A power, I, I think they need a, a power back, and I don't. I, this, you know, I like uh, I like uh, Gibbs a lot. I like what he did. You know, look, I like him in the draft. Um, but they still, I think there's a there's a there's something missing in their offense when they don't have Montgomery. And that's the power back. He, he's, a, he, he's really good. He's yeah. really good in that role. I, I, I thought that Ben Johnson called a, a horrible game yesterday, too. I'm just, he just did. Sometimes he calls good games. He's missed a creative offense, the greatest thing on show, on turf, the next head coach in the league, the next great thing. But yesterday I thought he was, he was horrid. Those first three series with runs, the first series, the first play each time. You know, then you're second and six, second and seven. I'm looking at the drive chart here. You know, you get nothing. Just no creativity at all. I thought it was very conservative to start the game. I just saw nothing out of him yesterday, and I, he flunked that test. Well, is there anybody? Have we missed anybody? I'm going to get to it in a minute, the rest of the, the, the drops. Okay. I'm going to get to the rest of it in a minute. Um, I thought that – the running back Gibbs was the best player on offense yesterday. He he got over 100 yards total between passing and receiving. I mean, running and passing. Well, running and pass receiving. Catching. Yeah, he Catching. got he got over 100 yards, which was a, a mo- probably a third of their total, a half of their total. Yeah, yards from scrimmage. Yeah. yeah, and I just thought that he was the one that showed up. I thought Armand St. Brown dropped balls yesterday, which I have never seen him drop before. He got 19 targets. But I think he could have caught more than the thirteen because I know golf's passes were wobbly and flying, but they still were getting there. So you got to catch them. I thought that um, now everybody's gonna blame Jamison Williams for dropping balls or whatever and blah 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 blah. Golf is not giving him a good ball yet. I'm sorry, oh, he's running for balls. He's the one around the the um, the, the flare out from the backfield. He throws it in front of him. You go, somebody, oh, Jameson didn't run through it. It was a bad ball. The ball down the field, he's looking both ways for the ball. The one, the, the player grabbed his hand. I'm not going to hit him in the helmet. That wasn't his fault. Should have been a pass interference. But I'm just saying, those two need to get on sync. They're not on sync now. I don't. He has not given him an easy ball yet. And I think that they got to work together more because you're going to need him. Whether he drops a ball or two here or not, you're going to need big plays out of him this season. And I think that it's just a fact that they have to work together more. Right now it's not clicking. He needs to concentrate more and catch some of those bad ones that he's throwing to him. But you got to catch him anyway. If you looked at the first play of the game, the first series, golf throws it out to Jamison Winslow. He dives for the ball and he dives out of bounds when he caught it. Yeah, that was a hell of a catch for it. You go back and look at that play. I mean, he caught it. It, was a hell, it wasn't an easy catch. He caught it, but they fell out of bounds. But I'm just saying, he can catch the ball. Let's get the concentration up, get with golf so they can get in some type of sink and get, you know, they just don't look smooth together yet, Mike. 
Well, no, they don't. It's hard to look smooth when you've got six targets and no catches. And the ball hits you in the head. Now, look, I'm not an anti-Jameson Williams guy at all. I mean, I, I, you know, I, he's a pleasant kid to talk to. I, not that I sit down and have any one-on-one conversations, but I've been on his press conferences and all that. And look, it's going to take time with him. He's got an obvious skill. He's got speed, and you, you, you can see it. It's not something that's – it's not a hidden skill that he has. And, and I think that that's made expectations higher – than they probably were, you know, realistic to be. I think just the fact that he can flat out run and expect him well, he's going to run, get open, catch touchdowns, and that's it. Well, we'll see. It's it's a project with him, and we'll we'll see how long it takes for him to become a, a productive player. I agree. I agree. It's going to be a take time. But there are some plays. Go look at Alabama's playbook if you don't know how to use them and run some plays. Everything can't be just a shot down the field. Or something on the sideline, run him through the middle, get him, get him, get him the ball in space, get him the ball as he's running. I mean, there are things you can do, and you know the great Ben Johnson, the mastermind of all that is football offensively. Well, I'm sure we'll find it. So we'll just let that go until he, uh, you know, comes through again, unless he's on his way to his next head coaching job. Not happy with okay. him today. Not happy with him today. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I'm not happy with I'm not happy with the performance. I just thought it was a bad one. And and I'm not happy with Dan Campbell's performance. I just think that some of these coaches have outcoached these guys. And I just think yesterday Harbaugh coached Dan Campbell. Just like Pete Carroll outcoached Dan Campbell. And Dan Campbell's young in the game. These guys are experienced coaches, and sometimes you just get took. I just got a feeling Dan Campbell got took this week. You know? I just Thought that Harbaugh had his team focused, ready. But he even said it after the game, focused and ready to play. Results are obvious. Results are obvious. All right, Mike, five and two, seven games left. I mean, seven games, not seven games left, seven days this week. You got an extra day before you face the Oakland Raiders, who lost to Chicago with a quarterback that looked about as old as a guy working at the corner grocery store. And I just think that this is a game like Dan Campbell said. You don't want this game to bleed into the next one. This is kind of a must-win game. Well, I don't know about must-win, but it's better not lose, you know, because you can you can make it easier on you. Well, it's never easy, but you can make the road a lot easier with a win, and you have to come back, you know, at six and two, then come then coming back at five and three. I mean, it speaks for itself. Doesn't take a doesn't take a football genius to figure that out. Yeah, I think that. Um... Six and two will be fine at the break, and then you rest up and do whatever you got to oh, do. Oh, really? It'll be My fine. God. Because the division is so horrible. Did you see? The Green Bay lost to Denver. Denver. I mean, come on, man. They might have a three-game lead by not playing after the night, after Minnesota loses, right? You have a three-game lead on the other two teams. After after seven games, you're up by three. I mean, sounds good. Sounds sounds good to me. You might clinch by Thanksgiving, but it's not. You know, it's just it's just you're in a bad division. You're in a bad division, so take advantage of it while it's there. Because, like I said, it's not going to be that way every year. There are tough divisions. I was looking at the Baltimore, the AFC North. That's a, a division any one of the four teams can win. They're all good. I don't know about all good, but they they all have good qualities. I, I would say that uh, that Baltimore is the best team in that division. And I don't even think I don't think it's I don't think it's close either. Yeah, but didn't Cincinnati like just defending? Cha- I'm saying isn't Cincinnati the defending champion. Oh, that didn't they win it last year? 
Yeah, but that's what well, that was last year. I'm yeah. talking about this year. Yeah, I'm just saying they got good teams over there. Pittsburgh, as bad as they are quarterback, they're still a pretty good team. They, they beat the Rams yesterday, a good team. So we're, we, we're lucky we're in this division this year, but I just don't want to lose sight of where they're going. And I want to see growth out of this team. That's what I'm looking for. And, and another thing, too, while we're talking about the fans, though, I don't depend on rookies. I mean, some rookies you can, they help the team out there very well. But if, you, if you're upset that the rookies aren't leading the team, then you, you're wrong, man. Those guys should be contributors, and they are better contributors than I thought. But they shouldn't be dependent on this year to lead this team. And they, I think some fans think that because Brad Holmes picked them and he traded down or whatever, he didn't take Jalen Carter, that those guys have to lead right now. No, they're rookies. They go through rookie things. Ups and downs, and I think that we have to think about that. Well, I honestly haven't given it much thought, so I'll have to pass on this. Yeah, this is the fan thing. This is the fan argument that I hear, you know, when I listen to Rick. I listened to a lot of radio last night, and I even listened to some Baltimore radio, and I I tuned into their stations, and they're after after the game where Roquan Smith really – raked the Lions over the coals, said like a puncher that never took a punch, and and now they took one. You see what happened? He said we should have shut him out. I mean, he was all on the Lions last night. And he, like I said, winners can do that. And if you want to check it out, go to YouTube, the ESPN, look for the after game with Roquan Smith, and he just laid the Lions out, just laid them out. They said they got cheap yards at the end, otherwise we would have shut them out. And, I mean, that, look, the winners go to spoils. Oh, I didn't hear it, and I'll see it. I'll try and... Well, this afternoon on the Mitchell Album Show at 4.30 p.m. when Anzalone's on, I will be playing it. So if you want to hear it then, just listen in because I already have it on tape, and we will be playing it back to ire, to get the ire up of the of the fans and the players. Okay. <laughs> That's what okay, I do. Just, That's what I'll I do. That okay. That's yeah, what I do. Just... Stir in the pot, baby. Ken Brown. <laughs> so anyway, all right, Mike. So evidently, I've I've reached my limit of uh, negativity. So I have no more to say today. It's just a bad performance. It's going to take twenty four hours. Then we're going to flush it and move on. Twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. So at four o'clock this afternoon, it will be flushed and move on to the next one. All right, sounds good to me. All right, so we'll come back at the end of the week, Mike, and we'll do our prediction for the great Las Vegas Raiders who come in and. Uh, how McDaniels has a second job, I just will never know. I mean, does it look any different than the Denver job? Uh, no, not really, just different players. Yeah, I'm just saying, though, the, the job he did in Denver, it looks like the same job he's doing now uh, with the Vegas Raiders. No, they got they got issues. This is a game the Lions should win fairly easily. Oh, yeah, and plus on Lomas Brown night, nobody loses on Lomas Brown night. That's my, that's no, my exactly. rule. I'm passing that out. I'm going to tell Lomas that this afternoon. Sounds good. All right, Mike, I see that you've uh, had enough of me, and I'm ready to go for now. So be, uh, we'll join us again on Friday. We give our game prediction. So Michael here, DetroitLionsGuy.com. Check out his uh, great columns and read everything that's on there. They got a nice video on there, too. Like I said, uh, the Mitch Album Show at 4.30 is every Monday. Alex Anzalone, the linebacker, will be on with us and we'll discuss the game and the upcoming game. So that's it for the Canon Podcast this week. Ken Brown, Michael Hara, thank you.